Happy New Year and welcome back to the Go Gamecocks podcast. Andrew Ramspacker in the host chair right now, joined by Greg Hadley, our women's basketball beat writer here at the State Newspaper. And Greg has one of the nation's best teams going right now, the team he is covering, Don Staley's Gamecocks, coming off of another two wins in SEC play, taking down Kentucky in a highly anticipated top 15 showdown, and then responding and not really having much of a letdown, going to Tuscaloosa and knocking off Alabama a couple days later. And Greg, it's a team that's still top five in the country and certainly is rolling. Let's start with that Kentucky performance and some hype going into that game for a variety of reasons. You had some couple of top 15 teams, like you said, you know, maybe a team that that could test South Carolina at the top of the league. You had a a team that has one of the better players in the league in Ryan Howard with Kentucky. You know, a team that could have gave South Carolina a little bit a little bit of trouble. Maybe its first big big test here to start SEC play comes in front of a crowd that finally included alcohol sales there at, at Colonial Life Arena. So there was some buzz going around this game, and uh, South Carolina kind of took Kentucky out of it early and put the Wildcats away. What impressed you most about that dominant win? Yeah, I would say the thing that kind of jumped out to me was how much South Carolina star freshmen really took over. Especially in the first quarter, I think they accounted for, you know, all but six points that the Gamecocks had. You know, we keep on asking ourselves, how are they going to respond to each new test? You know, first road game, first ranked game, all stuff like that. And every time they've responded incredibly well. And this was probably the best they've ever responded to it. They they came out and just dominated. Going along along with that is the fact that I think six Gamecocks scored in double figures. There's no one dominant scorer for this team, but the offense is still putting up huge numbers in these two games. They went over 90 points both times. That's a lot, especially on the women's side. And at the same time, their defense is exceptional. Both games, opposing teams score above 70 points. Kentucky, in particular, had 70 points. Ryan Howard, like you mentioned, had, I think, 28 points. But afterwards, Coach Staley was kind of talking about they were kind of irrelevant points in that a lot of them came in the second half after the game was already out of reach and in that regard in particular Brie Beal freshman Brie Beal she's kind of a big guard she just has been playing phenomenal defense all year and really took Howard out of it they seem to really emphasize putting a lot of pressure on them and then creating transition offense from steals I think they topped double digit steals again for I think something like the third game in a row so taking all of that together it was probably arguably their most complete best played game of the year when you come off a win like that in dominating fashion, doing everything that you just said that the Gamecocks did, and then you add that on top of the resume to that point, it's kind of easy for uh, the hype train to get rolling a little bit. It's already been rolling because you know th- this freshman class came in highly regarded, Don's best class she's ever had. They lived up to the hype early on with some couple big wins. Here they are, open SEC play, making a statement with that defensive shutdown. And naturally, I think fans, and if it starts with fans, it could trickle down to players, you get the Kool-Aid going a little bit. And that's I use that phrase because that's what Don Staley, that's what she brought up in her post-game press conference after that Kentucky performance is that you know she warned her team not to drink the Kool-Aid. In other words... Hey, there's still a long season to go. You know, things can happen. Let's not let's not read our press clippings right now or listen to our podcasts. People talk about us on podcasts right now. Well, either way, you want to have it here in 2020. Whatever you're reading about yourself, you know, chill out with that because there's still a long way to go. And with a young team like this, you know, bad results could happen if you go down that hole. And Don seemed to really stress to her team to avoid that. What do you think was the purpose of her doing that? And uh, how do you think her team has responded to that? 
I mean, it's kind of a little bit of what else is she going to say? She's not going to – I mean, there aren't many coaches out there that will come out and say, yeah, we're best team in the country right now. And I think her full answer when you listen to it together, you know, she's saying when we're good, we can beat anyone in the country. But the problem with freshmen is that you can show up at any time. And as we've seen across the entire sport so far this year, there's been a decent amount of parity. Good teams can lose on any given night. And then we got a good reminder of it against Alabama. They didn't play necessarily amazing. The second half in particular was very competitive. That being said, if I were a fan, I would completely understand about, you know, wanting to drink the Kool-Aid. As a media member, I came away from that Kentucky game being extremely impressed. You know, I had seen them in some ways, you know, take down Baylor, but that was without Baylor's best player, Lauren Cox. And I had seen them lose to Indiana. They had beaten Maryland, but Maryland's been so up and down. This was the first time I had seen them take on a really good team with their star player and just dismantle them. And so for me, as an AP voter, I think I bumped them up to number two in my ballot. So with that in mind, From an outsider's perspective, this team is starting to gain a lot of momentum, a lot of national attention, and that's normal and good and fine, but obviously Coach Daly can't afford to indulge in that. Yeah, you have in your your recap and your coverage of that Kentucky game, you know, an ESPN analyst and Steffi Sorensen talking about her observing that South Carolina performance against Kentucky with a simple tweet of South Carolina tonight. Good lordy, uh, which kind of says, right, that, that that this team, I mean, it's kind of a jaw-dropping type of performance. And to your point, that the buildup was there. You had seen little signs of it here or there. You hadn't seen that full-on dominating performance uh, when there was some pressure on them, and they certainly capitalized on that stage. And they're doing it with, with young players leading the way, which um, certainly I think that adds to the Kool-Aid, right? I think everybody loves the next new thing. And, you know, this program, right, coming off of what we, three years removed from a national championship, you can't blame Gamecock fans. You can't blame national analysts. Greg, I can't blame you as a, as a poll voter to put them number two, to put them that high to think about the Final Four, to think about a return trip to the national championship after you have those kind of performances, even though uh, it is in, in January. Anyway, they move on, though, uh, and they go down to Tuscaloosa with that turnaround on Sunday. They do have a win. But as you said, it wasn't as maybe as efficient, as dominating as the Kentucky win. Is that more natural with a young team to come off of that that high of Kentucky? And it probably would have been a little difficult to repeat that a couple days later. Yeah, I mean, not even just Kentucky. They had been on a stretch where they took out several good teams by large margin. So I think there is definitely, you know, how much, how hard can they press for how long? That definitely plays a factor. One thing I was also interested in, so South Carolina jumped out to a 19-9 lead in this game, held Alabama to, I think, less than 15% shooting in the first quarter, and then from there on out, it was actually a pretty even game until the fourth quarter when some fouls caught up to Alabama and South Carolina drew away, mostly from the free throw line. What interested me most about that game is it was a very tightly called game. I think South Carolina was whistled 22 times, second most on the season, second behind the game they lost to Indiana. And the commonalities I drew there were when it's a tightly called game like that, South Carolina's defense hasn't figured out a way to balance that with its trademark aggression that's led to so many turnovers and transition offense like they've had in their best performances. Dawn Staley noted this in her interview on the SEC Network after the game, is basically they, once they, those fouls were being called, they kind of just started to sag off and Alabama started draining threes. Perimeter defense is going to be so important for this team because that's how upsets happen, right? 
bad teams can equalize or can level the playing field with three-pointers, and Alabama shot 8 for 16 from beyond the three-point line. And so in order to combat that, we saw a little bit against Alabama that Aaliyah Boston, the freshman center who's been such a dominating force and had played so well up to that point, had to go off the floor because she is a little bit of a liability on their perimeter, uh, and they needed to go small. That's going to be an area of concern. On the other hand, South Carolina has shown an ability to come out and punch opponents in the mouth in the first quarter. Their point differential in the first quarter is far ahead of any other point in the game, and if they're able to do that against most teams, they'll be able to hold on. Lastly, I was very impressed by freshman guard Zaya Cook. She had 20 points. I think she's had five games in a row now in double figures. She peaked a little bit early in the season with a 27-point performance against Dayton and was what was kind of a homecoming. And since then, she's struggled a bit. She's playing off ball. She's a natural point guard, but what with Taisha Harris, she's been asked to play a little bit off. And her shooting, she's not afraid to shoot, but it was getting a little tilting too far on the inefficient side. Over these past three games, I think she's shooting 50% from the field, really started to find her rhythm, and uh, Dawn, I think, called her the Energizer Bunny after this Alabama win, kind of the player they needed to keep things on track. Hey there. Like what you hear? Good news. You can help ensure the state continues making journalism you love to read, watch, and listen to. If you're more into sports than news, you'd probably like our Sports Pass membership, which gives you access to unlimited sports coverage for just $30 for the first year. Subscribe to Sports Pass at thestate.com slash sportspass. You can also read more Gamecocks news by downloading the Go Gamecocks app or by signing up for our newsletter at thestate.com slash newsletters. Thanks for supporting local journalism. Now, back to today's episode. Moving forward is another ranked opponent for South Carolina coming off of, uh, you know, two wins to start SEC play, and they come back to Colonial Life Arena on Thursday to take on number 21, Arkansas. Razorbacks at 13-2 and two on the year. Drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Uh, we've talked about that before, and, and uh, that's a way, it's kind of a motivating thing for, for Don Staley and, and her team to, to keep them, you know, inspired and, and going on throughout the year probably don't need as much motivation maybe with this one considering this was the the Razorback team that knocked South Carolina who were the the queens of the SEC tournament for a long time until last year the Razorbacks knocked them out in the SEC tournament last year I know there's a lot of freshmen on this team that are leading the way for South Carolina but even though they weren't part of that result how can Don Staley kind of use that game as motivation to another top 20 matchup Well, Dawn Staley's talked a lot about how the senior leadership on this team is so important. They got guards in Taisha Harris, they got a forward in Makia Herbert-Harrigan, and they kind of got a a wing player in Lee Lee Grissett who kind of show the example for the younger players. They may not be scoring the most, but they are very important. And when you talk about revenge, this is probably the most stunning result from last year. No one thought Arkansas was going to come in and give South Carolina trouble. And Chelsea Dungy, a guard for Arkansas, just owned the Gamecocks that game you know if I remember correctly there was some thoughts among fans about the way the game was called so that allowed Dungy to drive and South Carolina was afraid to stop her either way it was like you said just a huge upset and something that I think still something that the players who were there last year still feel a lot and coach Staley so I think they'll be able to communicate very clearly to freshmen that this is a game they need to win and on top of that, Arkansas is just a really good team. They're on the rise under coach Mike Neighbors. They've got 
like I said, Dungy, and they have a transfer from TCU, Amber Ramirez, who actually considered South Carolina. She, I think, is also averaging somewhere in the range of 15 points a game with Dungy close to 20. They're a really guard-heavy team. And just like we were talking about Alabama giving South Carolina trouble with the three-pointers, Arkansas relies very heavily on the three-point shot. They like to space the floor. They're shooting close to 39% from beyond the arc on the year. Very tough team in that regard. And looking over the stats, there have been really four games this year where an opponent, I think, shot above 33% from three against South Carolina. They were Indiana, where South Carolina lost, Alabama, which we just talked about, Temple, which gave South Carolina all sorts of fits, and Washington State, which gave them a little trouble early before fading away. And really, when you look at that game, all their three-pointers came in the second quarter when they actually outscored South Carolina. So perimeter defense, I think, is going to be so crucial to this one. And I'll be interested to see whether South Carolina tries to pound it down their throats with Aaliyah Boston on the other end and then kind of dare them to make threes or shifts to a smaller lineup to try and match them. That game is Thursday, 7 o'clock at Colonial Life Arena. So make sure to check out Greg Hadley's coverage. You did a good job hosting, Andrew. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate you uh, letting me sit in the driver's seat for this one. We'll do it again. Uh, we'll do it again next week, Greg. Yeah, we'll have more on men's and women's basketball throughout the season. The men are entering SEC play, and we'll have lots to talk about there. A few things. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening.